Welcome to Walking with the Archetypes, a podcast with lessons on life, love, and leadership. For more than a decade now, I've obsessively studied the King Warrior Magician Lover Archetypes, what I now call the Masculine Operating System. And in this podcast, I will reveal their secrets. So come now as we translate esoteric teachings into practical keys for how to rise in life. My name is Ivan Figenskevshelum, founder of Men's Initiation Reclaim You in a Throne. And it's time now to head outside and walk with the archetypes. Morning friends, on this Friday morning, I literally just recorded a whole podcast episode, but then it hadn't recorded properly, so I'll try it again now. It's a beautiful morning here, really enjoying the warmer weather, and uh, my, my back feels warm as I walk up this hill. And I'm going to speak today about the individuation matrix, which is a core teaching in the Reclaiming the Throne work. And uh, it is very, very central in this conversation that we're having around the Warrior Lover Bridge. Actually, the Warrior Lover Bridge is part of the individuation matrix. In the, uh, in the work uh, of uh, Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette of explaining how these archetypes are structured inside of the psyche, they made it clear that each archetype is formed as a triangle. And so the archetype has three points where you have a baseline where the left point is the active shadow and the right point is the passive shadow. And then the apex is the unification of shadow into the mature archetype. This idea is derived in large part from Jung's work, who did work on the double quaternio, which was the idea of the diamond self. And the idea here is that there is a quadrated uh, psyche in the masculine, and there is a quadrated psyche in the feminine. And so in this diamond shape, in this quaternio, you have a pyramid pointing up, representing the masculine. And then you have a pyramid pointing down, sort of attached along the baseline. You have a pyramid pointing down that represents the feminine. And you can see how the pointing up and the pointing down is reflected in the um, sexual organs of human beings. Clearly, the phallus points up and the vagina and that whole area of a woman has this triangular pointing down shape, yeah? And so my understanding is that Carl Jung never fully fleshed out his ideas on this topic. But they are ideas that Moore and Gillette took into their teachings. So this pyramidal self was first conceptualized by Tony Wolf, who was a woman who came to Carl Jung for psychoanalysis and they completed their, their analysis successfully as far as I know. And Jung and um, Tony, they developed a very close relationship. Apparently Jung didn't have super strong professional boundaries and uh, he actually started sleeping with her and um, also started collaborating with her and there was a bit of a drama between Tony and Carl and Emma Jung. Emma Jung was this 
loyal wife that apparently just allowed Tony to come into the household, but with some heartbreak in the picture, as you can imagine. It was probably a bit of a mess. Nevertheless, uh, there was a great working collaboration between Tony and um, Carl, Carl Jung and Tony Wolf. And Tony was the one that then came up with the idea that the feminine psyche consists of four parts. It's the hetera, which is a bit like the lover archetype. And then you have the medial woman, that is a bit like the magician. And then you have the Amazon, that's a bit like the warrior. And then you have the mother, that is a bit like the queen. And this is basically a mirror image of the king, warrior, magician, lover model. And uh, I actually believe that Robert Moore himself said in one of his lectures that he didn't know about Tony Wolf's work initially and that they were independently developed, but that he's uh, very happy to give Tony Wolf credit for this, this idea originally. So, so here we have then the, the upwards pointing pyramid in the double quaternio masculine king war magician lover and then the downwards pointing pyramid queen warrior magician lover or shall we say mother amazon medial woman and hetera okay so this is the background this is sort of the 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 underpinnings of this work with uh, with the three parts of the archetype where you have the active shadow and the passive shadow and the apex because each of those triangles obviously is a facet a side of a pyramid yes a pyramid has four sides and each of those sides is a triangle and each of those triangles is an archetype so that's the idea and as i was playing with this idea back in the days i actually developed a very powerful process work modality together with my friend and colleague back then paul christian Bunz that I now call the breakthrough process, where we, we allowed or facilitated a person through a process of stepping into the warrior and the lover archetypes in order to reclaim their inner throne. So in this particular process work modality, they would choose somebody in the group that they were working with as a stand-in for normally their mother or their father, but it could also be somebody else who held a great deal of power over them. And in order to take back their life from that figure, from that character, from that parent, which obviously was an archetypal representation, um, they would have to step into their power on the warrior side and in their grief and vulnerability and their longing and yearning on the lover side. And as I saw that, you know, I started to realize, I started to realize how we as human beings, we have two polarities, two groupings in our psyche around which most of our repressed material is organized. So we have these places in us that we don't want to see. And so we shove it down into the unconscious. I believe that you are aware of this happening in your life, that there are parts of you that you are pushing down. You know what those parts are by the way that you're triggered by people that represent those parts. So we do that, right? And, and we tend to do that in groupings of the warrior and the lover primarily. And so either we repress the warrior themes around power and discipline and autonomy and being a strong claim, allowing aggression to be a, a force for good, 
just really being a stand for ourselves and for something we care about in the world, we can repress all of that and become a whimpering man in the corner, as I spoke about recently. And we can also be repressing our lover, which which is themes around sensitivity, vulnerability, feeling loved, belonging to the world somehow, um, feeling like I could just be and that's enough. We can also repress that. Most of us will repress parts on both sides. And so the idea of the individuation matrix is that this warrior lover bridge is the base of the pyramid because it's in some way parallel to the active and passive pole of the archetype. This is the surprising innovation that I brought, I guess, five years ago or so, where I realized that the four archetypes themselves are actually patterned in a similar way to the individual archetypes. So that the warrior becomes a, an active principle and the lover becomes a passive principle and that we have a tendency of repressing these two so that they become shadow principles and that we need to reintegrate those and bring them into the light of the king, which is the apex point. The king being the avatar of the divine, it's the axis mundi, it's the throne room, it's the castle, it's the primordial hill, whatever it might be that is associated with the sovereign archetype. So the king then being closer to the divine, being closer to the sun, being closer to having an overview, you can see seeing far, having a vision. The king needs access to the repressed parts of the warrior and the lover in order to bring wholeness and integration to the kingdom. And so that's where the magician comes in and actually brings this pyramid structure down into the underworld. So the, the double quaternio completes in a way where the magician dives into the underworld, which is symbolically connected to the feminine. And so the the downwards facing magician, the underworld traveling magician is deeply connected to feminine principles. And this is why, of course, people who do a lot of ayahuasca and a lot of rituals, they have a tendency of being quite closely aligned with the feminine and struggling more with the masculine. But if a ritual is well done, if an ayahuasca ceremony is successful on some level, then probably we have been faced with parts of either the warrior or the lover that have been repressed into the underworld. And so the magician then brings the light of his awareness into that dark place, like fumbling for the light switch in the dark, so to speak. And then when he finds it, it's like, oh, wow, I found your power. It's been repressed for all this time. It's time to take it back now. Your power is your friend. Don't be afraid of it. Let's take it up. Let's take it up the vertical axis from the underworld to the upper world. Let's bring the unconscious into the superconscious. Let's bring this three world axis into connection. Just like Nidhogg and the light eagle that I was speaking about earlier last week when I was speaking about the three realms and the, and the squirrel Ratatoskir that sends messages up and down. 
Let, let those messages become messages of love and reconciliation rather than taunts and hostility like they were for Nidhogg and the Eagle. You can bring that underworld energy, that unconscious repressed psychic material, you can bring it up, bring it up from the underworld through the middle world and into the upper world where it gets to be blessed in the light of God, in the light of the king's throne room and you see this is the principle of the and you see this is the principle of the individuation matrix that has been so beautifully so beautifully painted by Tolkien in Lord of the Rings the Lord of the Rings is a mythological representation of the individuation matrix where you need to harmonize polarities in order to bring the king back. And when the king returns, wholeness and harmony returns to the lands. Of course, Gandalf is a magician that shines the light on things. He literally shines the light on things. And then you have the polarities of the warrior and the lover that happen throughout the fellowship. And in the meeting between Aragorn and Arwen, there's a, there's a theme around that. And then all of that moves into the light of uh, the, the king at the end, where you have the return of the king and sort of the, the, the days of hope and light return to the kingdom. This is a template for our times. And as we see the level of hostility that people hold for each other these days because they are unwilling to become whole and sovereign, then may you be one who chooses to integrate what you have repressed. May you become uh, an agent of sovereignty in the world right now, knowing that whenever you're triggered by somebody who's powerful, then you are basically then you are basically turning down an invitation into your own power. If you're just going to be triggered and push it outside of you rather than take that energy inside of you and become it. Similarly, if you're triggered by vulnerability, sensitivity, a bit of a sort of bleeding heart kind of guy, then maybe it's time for you to integrate that. Because you are clearly not comfortable with your softer parts and that means that you will be running yourself towards burnout in an order to receive the love and validation that you're not willing to give yourself so this is the individuation matrix the middle world is the uh, the middle world is the warrior lover bridge also called the arc of polarity and then the upper world is the king and then the underworld is the magician and everything all of the drama and the demons and the wars of the kingdom come to a point of resolution when everything that has been repressed from the arc of polarity into the underworld is resurfacing thanks to the light of the magician and brought into the king's throne room where the divine shines through and welcomes all of you back home welcome your power back home it's time to come home now welcome your heart and your love and your vulnerability sensitivity back home it's it's time for you to allow yourself the softer parts of you that is the invitation and uh, it's 
it's a simple teaching when you see it on the image that I will post in the Telegram community group in order to make this easier for you. So I will do that right after posting this podcast. So we'll post that image in the Telegram community group. You will see how simple it actually is. And so many men who do the Reclaiming a Throne initiation leave Reclaiming a Throne with an embodied experiential imprint of what this individuation matrix represents in their life. And it's a very empowering experience for them. So yeah, that was it for today. And that was it for this Warrior Lover Bridge Week. Thank you, Dirk and Netherlands, for suggesting this topic. I hope to see some more fun suggestions for next week. And um, yeah, I'm going to enjoy myself this weekend. Hope you do as well. It is warmer again now. And uh, as May is knocking on the door, that is about damn time, if you ask me. It has been a little bit too cold in April, but uh, now I'm walking around and I'm feeling really, really comfortable without any winter clothes. And I'm just happy the warmth and the sun is here. So as I return to my day of slow work, I wish you all the best, many blessings, many blessings and deep appreciation for you following along on these walks. And I wish you a wonderful weekend. May you be well and may the individuation matrix serve you in bringing up all of the hidden parts, all of the repressed parts and making you whole and integrated. Bye for now. If you want a much deeper understanding of what the individuation matrix truly is, make sure to check out the ultimate intro to masculine archetypes on innerthroneacademy.com. Enjoy.